What's happening, everybody? On today's show, some surprising stats from across the SEC after three work weeks into the season. Also take an early look at the SEC Week 4 games this weekend. Our buddy Chris Marler is going to join us, and we'll get a quick thought from him on the 2023 SEC schedule that just dropped. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are Locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And what is happening, everybody? Welcome into Lockdown SEC. It's great to have you guys along. I'm Chris Gordy. We'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Lockdown College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash College. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Lockdown SEC your first listen every day. Remember, Lockdown SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at LockedOnSEC.com. Let's jump into it as we do this time every week we welcome in our buddy chris marler host of the uh locked on uh or rather the college football uncensored podcast i got locked on on the brain uh college football uncensored podcast telling it like it is and marler we normally do overreactions that's what we did the first couple weeks of the season but as i started digging through some stats man there are some weird weird stats to stand out three weeks into the year so i figured we would run through some of those with you love it I mean, I, I, overreactions are kind of my sweet spot, but this is this is fine, too. I love stats, and I love some deep dives, so let's right. get into it. All right, let's start here. Surprising week three stats three weeks into the SEC football season. First up, Bryce Young is seventh in the SEC in passing yards, settled somewhere between Spencer Rattler and Brady Cook. Marler, is that just a product of unbalanced competition through the first three weeks, or should we be concerned the reigning Heisman Trophy winner just isn't throwing for a ton of yards yet? Uh, so I, first thing I'm going to do, and this has just been a constant theme this week, is pat myself on the back. Because if you listen to Cultural Uncensored, you listen to any of the SDS videos I made. I said, absolutely hammer Bryce Young under his passing yard total before the season because of all the stuff he had to do a year ago to to get to that number, and he's not even close. Um, I don't think it's. I don't. I'm not super concerned. I and mean, you still got Arkansas on the schedule, who has the worst pass defense in the country. Um, the biggest concern for me is some of the play calling in terms of. Well, I, I think I think they've been a little bit too cute with it, and I think they also have had a difficult time replacing two. I don't. They're not two generational receivers, but one was uh, with Jamison Williams. I, I I wonder how that looks like in terms of stretching the field more because they have not done a good job of that, like on deep balls, uh, um, trying to trying to really stretch the defense. That that's the main concern. Uh, the other stat that stood out to me in terms of quarterbacks, Anthony Richardson, who everybody was jumping all over week one against Utah, currently ranks dead last in the SEC in passing yards and zero passing touchdowns. Usually not what you want out of your starting quarterback. Should Gator fans be concerned about Anthony Richardson? Yes. Yes. <laughs> he has the lowest QBR of any like FBS quarterback in the state of Florida. Wow. Absolutely. Like, we're in game three, and you haven't thrown a passing touchdown. How is that possible? Because they've been putting up a decent amount of points in some of those games. Like, you know, it, it's one thing to say, oh, you know, the Kentucky defense, he threw two bad interceptions, and, and I wouldn't be concerned there. But you've had three straight home games. Like, you've been at home for three straight weeks where it's it's only going to get more difficult. I would absolutely be concerned. That, like, they're going to need him to to pull a miracle, uh, to, to pull off a miracle uh this week against against Tennessee at Tennessee. 
I don't know how much you buy into QBR quarterback rating, but do you know who leads the SEC in QBR right now? Stetson Bennett. Yeah, 183 is Stetson Bennett's QBR. Yeah, Stetson Bennett's the best quarterback in America right now. Uh, I mean, like, like I said this going into the year, and people thought I was crazy, but I remember going on to, to – I forgot, I forgot which radio show it was. I think it was out of Ruston, Louisiana. Um, and and they were they were asking me who has the best chance of, of winning the Heisman out of the SEC, and I was like, it would be Stetson Bennett because I don't think Bryce is going to get it again um, just based off what we've seen from from past winners that come back to school. But – that offense is they they put up some yards, man, and they they attack they attack you every which way possible. The uh, other thing, uh, KJ Jefferson and Hendon Hooker are right behind Stetson in terms of QBR right. in the SEC. Bennett also leads the conference in completion percentage at seventy three point eight percent. Like, the- yeah, well, and what's crazy about that too is like you look at his numbers for like for passing yards because he's second in the SEC in passing yards. Yeah, right. Like it's- he's second in the SEC in passing yards but he's also had like a significant amount less attempts than than will rogers who's number one another uh statistic that stood out to me arkansas running back rocket sanders not only leads the sec in rushing but he is fourth in the nation in rushing at 440 rushing yards that's 80 yards better than the next best rusher in the sec which is ramon davis at vandy uh, Rocket Sanders, absolutely crazy. But here's the crazy stat that stands out to me. The top five leading rushers in the SEC, Marler, Rocket Sanders one, Raymond Davis two, Ole Miss Zach Evans three, Ole Miss Quinshawn Judkins four, and Vandy backup quarterback Mike Wright five. <laughs> Tank Bigsby is seventh, Devon A-Chain is 10th, and Jameer Gibbs is 19th. Never would have thought yeah. that three weeks into the season. No, I, especially with the Jameer Gibbs. Saying, I thought that, that was going to be a, a bigger focal point in his offense uh, for Bama. Um, the Zach Evans thing, I, I, I fully, I fully agree with that. And you love how they've had a little bit of a two-headed monster, sometimes three-headed monster in, in rushing. I, I guess the one thing I am surprised about is that that he wouldn't be higher, and he's so far back. Because if you looked at just from Saturday, what what Ole Miss did to Georgia Tech, I mean, twenty-four of their first twenty-eight play calls were rush rushing uh, plays um, or run plays, and and they just that's all they did was just eat up ground and and eat up rushing yards against Georgia Tech um which like Tech's an inferior opponent if you see something where you you could have like a a large upper hand in then you absolutely want to exploit that um I just didn't know that that was the one area that they were going to go after because there's so many of them with Georgia Tech uh, another note on Texas A&M, Devon Achan, I, I really like him, but he's not been able to get going yet. He, uh, A&M ranks no. 122nd in rushing yards per game. I had to look back because that's Jimbo's bread and butter. Last year, they were 44th in the nation in rushing. The year before, they were 26th in the nation in rushing. Right now, right. they're 122. A&M's got to get that figured out. You, if- you expect that to get better, but at the same time, do you not? Because because the other concern for me is that the quarterback and their offense in general, you put up... This is a Miami team that was ranked 105th in the country in passing yards per attempt allowed. It was almost almost eight and a half yards per attempt allowed from that defense, and that was against like Bethune Cookman and somebody else. It, like it was not a, a great. It wasn't like a murderous row of, of, of opponents they had played. And you you bring in Max Johnson, and what does he do? He goes 10 of 20 for like 140 yards. Just still very very middle of the road. It's just confusing to watch. More crazy stats in passing yards allowed per game. You kind of hinted at it. The Arkansas Razorbacks rank dead last in not just the SEC, but all of college football, allowing 352 passing yards per game through the air. That's crazy. I, I mean, look, how concerned should Arkansas fans be about that stat? I, so I wish I had the numbers in front of me to support this because I know it's true. 
But Barry Odom has gotten us like a pass for years now as the Arkansas defensive coordinator, and I'm not really sure why. Like, like it, it's not like they've ever finished super high in the SEC. They've never finished, I don't believe, in the top five in the SEC in, in any statistical category in, in, since he's been there. So what is it that he's doing that's that we're that we're like? I mean, he's a couple of six year seniors away from from getting torched. It, like I, you know, there's a lot of leadership that he inherited. I think on that team, I, I just I don't get it. I would absolutely be concerned. And, and here's the thing with Arkansas fans, it, like what you don't understand is because they're three and zero and they're ranked in the top ten, all that kind of stuff, and it will absolutely come come like tumbling down here soon. But you still got to play Bama. You still got to play BYU at BYU. BYU, you got A and M this weekend. You got, I mean, there's they that I just enjoy it while you can, man. On the flip side, by the way, Bama leads the SEC in least amount of passing yards given up per game, but you would expect that in the teams they've played. But on the flip side, now you just berated Barry Odom. Arkansas leads not just the SEC, but all of college football in sacks with 17. Ole Miss is fourth overall with 13 sacks. How weird is it to have the worst passing defense? But a defensive front just racking up a ton of sacks. That is nuts. And I wish you would have told me that before I went on that tangent, um, <laughs> for sure. No, I, I think um, it's almost like I should have come prepared. No, I think I think that, uh, they, like, I get it. I Like, I, that's great. And, they, and they've been able to put some pressure on quarterbacks. And you saw, especially in the Cincinnati game, they were getting in the backfield a lot. Is that sustainable? I don't know. It is against Bama, uh, for sure, because that offensive line has been pretty bad. There's a few other teams in the SEC. Auburn is another one that 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 is definitely sustainable against. I, you know, that is bizarre. It's bizarre. But but by the way, I will say this: one team that we're absolutely not giving enough credit to, or, or making a big enough deal out of, like what they've been able to do, is Ole Miss, because all the areas that they're excelling in are the areas that we we didn't necessarily think they would. Defense. I mean, they've allowed. I think. Excuse me, 13 points all year? Yeah. This schedule, I mean, they've, they've been very, very... The schedule has been very kind to Ole Miss so far. But, yeah, for sure. But, no, you're right. But, but they've also been able to be pretty dominant on defense, like, early on and, and stuff like that. Like, I, I tell you what, from a gambling standpoint, I keep telling you guys, like, hammer them in the first quarter and hammer them in the first half because it's been free money. By the way, for Arkansas, uh, Drew Sanders leads them in and the SEC with six sacks. So, way to let him Wow, get in three games? Way to let him get out of Alabama. Uh, Will Anderson tied for fifth in the league with two sacks. So, But those numbers are going right. to, you know, those are going to start going up very soon. Arkansas also number one in the SEC in stopping the run. 68 rush yards per game. So they give up a ton of, a ton of really passing yards, told me this. but they stop the run <laughs> at an amazing rate. So maybe this has more to do with what Cincinnati, South Carolina, and Missouri State were doing yeah. offensively against them. Uh, do you know who is dead last in the SEC in sacks uh, team-wise? Auburn. They have zero. No, Auburn actually has a couple. Well, if you count... Mercer and you know the, the no games that don't so count. I had just pulled it up beforehand and I want wow Georgia has one George sack. the Georgia Bulldogs that everyone is saying is the most unstoppable force number one team in the country yeah they have one sack it was Michael Williams in the Samford game so maybe stats and overrated uh, or sacks and overrated stat right like Georgia's right. last Arkansas's one yet we're saying what's wrong with Arkansas's defense and Georgia looks unstoppable. Yeah, that's fair. George does look unstoppable, though. So, what? Well, another weird stat. We're almost through our stats here. Uh, do you know who leads the SEC in receiving yards, Marler? What receiver? Oh man, it's not Brock Bowers. It's not Lad McConkey. Uh, 
It's Vanderbilt's Will Shepard, of course, like we all <laughs> predicted. Uh, Mizzou's Dominic Lovett is second. Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee is third. Anaya Smith is fourth, and Cedric Tillman from Tennessee is fifth. I just want to point this. I just want to point this out. Wide receivers that were on the preseason All Conference teams: Kayshawn yeah. Booty at LSU. He's thirty third with ninety three yards so far. Jermaine Burton. Jermaine Burton was preseason All Conference. He is uh, in the fifties with sixty one total yards through three games. Yeah. Who- Whoever threw him, whoever threw him in there as the like whoever voted him in the first team is an idiot. And I'll just say that as a member of the media that was a part of that vote, he's an you're an idiot if you did. And two other guys, Jonathan Mingo from Ole Miss, he's not bad. He's 11th overall in the SEC yeah. with 203 yards. And then the other one, the weird one, Josh Van from South Carolina, he's been a little banged up, but two catches for eight yards. That guy was wow. selected preseason All Conference by a lot of te- right. you know second team, third team, whatever, but. Pretty crazy. And then the last one, uh, stat I'll throw in here, leading tacklers in the league. Uh, no, sur- no surprise there. Vandy's Anthony Orgy, Florida's Trey Dean, Bumper Pool, and Drew-, Drew Sanders at Arkansas. So that was the only one that I looked at. I'm like, well, that yeah. one makes sense. How many total tackles? Because I know Jalen Moody's got like, he leads for Bama, but he only has 22. Uh, it's a lot. I, I, I didn't write down the yeah. numbers. But, yeah, I mean, like, but some of those stats just absolutely crazy. Again, we're three weeks in. Yeah. If we get three more weeks in and some of those numbers are still looking weird, I think we're going to have some big issues with some of these teams in the SEC. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, you got a fire saving for sure. <laughs> he is our buddy Chris Marler. We're going to get into looking at the games here in week four in just a second. But thank you guys again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. I want to remind you guys, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's why you got to check out our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free uh you can just go to their website you add your job in the purple hiring frame to your linkedin profile to spread the word that you're hiring simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus focus on the candidates that you want to hire with the right skills and expertise that you are looking for it's why small businesses rate linkedin jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors linkedin jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, continue on here with our buddy Chris Marler from the College Football Uncensored podcast. And Marler, it's time to start turning the page, and taking an early look ahead to SEC Week 4. And we'll start with some games that are not expected to be very competitive. So just give me a quick thought on on each of these. Number one, Georgia hosts Kent State Saturday morning on ESPN+. Georgia's going to win by (laughs) 1,000. Like, I just, you know, I did love, I did love, I heard this on Georgia Radio here this week, where Kent State's coach, Kent State's coach has said, this is the greatest team ever. And if there's anyone that could be the judge of talent, on who the greatest football team ever would be, it'd definitely be the effing head coach at Kent State. So, congrats to Georgia for winning the national title in September. Can't read, can't ride, can't state. I believe that's what they say there. Uh, <laughs> Bowling Green visits Mississippi State Saturday morning on the SEC Network. What a uh, sleeper for Mike Leach's bunch coming off an emotional loss at LSU. I am so tired of of seeing Bowling Green and their crap-ass colors of blue or was it brown and orange? I mean, yeah. just put me to sleep. Like, what is that? That just if you want to see a 70s shag carpet living room come to life, then look 
going further than the Bowling Green. What are they, the Flying Eagles or something stupid? That would make sense because Eagles, all Eagles fly. <laughs> yeah, State should bounce back in this one, get Will yeah. Rogers right. Uh, interestingly, Tulsa is at number 16 Ole Miss Saturday afternoon on the SEC Network. Somebody pointed out to me that Ole Miss, or rather Tulsa, has one of the more high-flying offenses in all of college football. Yeah, I don't know what the over-under is on this, but you should definitely jump on it because it's like I almost wonder if you're in a little bit of a like a situation where you might want to there's like there's like value on Tulsa just because who's Ole Miss have next week? Don't they have like a pretty big game? Kentucky. Yeah. So like I, I just I think that that's that is a I don't know. That's like I think that Kiffin is a is wary enough of what what to put on tape um, for a game like that against Kentucky, especially his homecoming. So I would, yeah, I would, I would probably jump on Tulsa here, even though I don't know what the line is. Speaking of Kentucky, number, a win, but still. number eight, Kentucky will host Northern Illinois, who's still licking their wounds after that loss to Vanderbilt. Uh, that will be Saturday. A 14 point lead. <laughs> That'll be Saturday night on ESPN two. The only thing I want to point out here and, and Kentucky should be fine in this one, but Ole Miss is number 16, uh, Kentucky's number 8. If a few teams lose in front of them, that game next week could be like a matchup of two top 15 teams, and it's on 11 a.m. Central, 12 Eastern on SEC Network. Like, yeah. How that game didn't get prime time is crazy. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. I think so. I mean, Kentucky just kind of like ho-hum doing what they do. Uh, I thought last week was actually really, really big just in terms of, I know it was a 31 nothing win against Youngstown State. Right, which is like what you're supposed to do against Youngstown State. Um, maybe put up some more points, but I like the fact they didn't allow a single point and, and player from the other team in that end zone. I think that's huge. I'm so. gonna, I'm gonna make a really disgusting face here as I read this one. One in three Charlotte is at one in two South Carolina Saturday night on ESPNU. Well, Charlotte's not a bad program. They've been to a ball game. They're very very early on in that in that like Beamer needs to come out at some point and put somebody away in the first quarter or first half like and shut everyone up and Satterfield has been so bad as the OC but at some point like like listen I I know that he had a little trick up in his in his back pocket last week when he had 300 plus sorority girls just filing through the back (laughs) of the end zone on that trick play he tried to call but I mean like if you're Beamer you have to come out at some point and put your foot on someone's neck early and then call it a day. Yeah, their fake punt worked against Georgia. Just nothing else worked against yeah. Georgia. So, uh, yeah. two and one New Mexico is at two and one LSU. This is just a, a primer for LSU to prepare for their road trip to Auburn next week. Although, although I don't know if they're going to need much prep work for that one. Oh, excuse me. No, um, I tell you what. Like, you, I mean, you just perked up my ears with what you said about Auburn in general. It's because I'm. There's so much. There's so much happening down there on the plains right now that this is going to be very exciting to see. LSU, um, it's funny that the people from the land of enchantments, which is really, it's an actual thing that they call the state of New Mexico, get to go down to Baton Rouge. Because if you want to talk about enchantment, you just walk around a couple of them cauldrons full of like food that I can't pronounce, you're going to have a blast. Uh, take LSU to cover for sure, whatever that is. LSU should win win big. i tell you what, I saw a stat that, that real quick, we're spending too much time on this, it's my fault. But um, Jaden Daniels is the leading rusher in the country in all of FBS when it comes to, um, I don't know, some several stats that PFF College uh, said were important. <laughs> Broken tackles, 10-plus runs, first, first downs, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, the, those PFF stats, it's like when leading in the third quarter on a Sunday with a blood moon, 
Uh, this right. guy's the leading, the leading left <laughs> tackle. He's got a grade of ninety point one, and I'm like, I don't know what yeah. any of that means. I'm just gonna say, I just, I'll never forget Cole Cuba coming on our podcast and saying, he's like, yeah, I don't, but like, what the f- does that mean? Ninety out of what? Ninety one point three out of what? This is so good. All right, let's get into the SEC slate. We're gonna start with the two crappier games here, and we'll get to the good ones after this. Uh, three and one Vandy. Three and one Vandy. At number two, Alabama, Bama, 40-and-a-half-point favorites from our friends at Ben Online. I, Vandy is going to have some broken play touchdowns here in this game, and I can't wait to see what they, they look like. Um, Probably on Eli if Riggs. If you're Bama, well, it's like if you're, if, you're Vandy, if you're Vandy, you've already covered your season win total, by the way, which is awesome. Um, go to Tuscaloosa, plus you haven't really fared well there. I don't think they've ever beaten Bama in or in Tuscaloosa since like maybe like I think they did it once when Bear Bryant was there. Um I've seen them play there multiple times. <laughs> that's that's how uh some of the games that, that we saw when I was like little growing up. But I mean, no, you look at you look at Vandy um going in there, they've got like Mike Wright, I thought was the answer at quarterback. He's yeah. actually been benched and you have was it what? Yeah, he looked good and now they've gone to AJ Swan, yeah. who he looked really good this past week. Right. And I tell you what, like we joke around about Vandy all you want. You go on the road as an underdog. I don't give a, sh- a shit who you're playing. You go on the road as an underdog and you go play Northern Illinois and you're down 28-14. There are a lot of Vandy teams that would have rolled over and died in, in, in that situation, and they didn't. And, and as much as we love to give Vandy a hard time, you got to give them credit for that because that is not the easiest situation to be in. And they could have, you know, gone in there feeling sorry for themselves and all that good stuff, but they didn't. So – um, do they do they win this week? No, they'll get trounced by Bama. But also, if you're Bama, all you're looking for is some more explosive plays in the passing game and also no injuries. Uh, Bama leads the all-time series, by the way, 59-19-4. So four times they've tied. You know, you know who Auburn has a – or you know – I just gave it away. You know who Vandy has a winning record against all-time? <laughs> it's at Auburn, really? Wow. Yeah. Not, probably not Tough a to ton do. of meetings, though, right? I don't know. We'll get- uh, no, but still. We'll get to that game whenever it happens. All right, the other crappy uh, game in the conference this week, and, and it is, uh, speaking of Auburn, 2-1 and one Missouri at 2-1 and one Auburn. Auburn's around a touchdown favorite. This is the Brian Harson fireable offense game. If he loses this game, Brian Harson will not be the Auburn head coach by Monday. No, he won't be the head coach by Saturday night. Like, <laughs> like, he, like here's the thing. About, he will like, coach the game on Saturday night. I mean, he he's gone. He he is. I we we had we had Justin Hokinson on from from Auburn Live, and we talked about this like last week before the game. It was like, you know, if he wins this game against Penn State, is he is he off a of hot seat? He's like, no, he will still lose his job. Like that's before. I mean, like I don't care how much of a like military school rent a cop you want to look like. I mean, he's a fantastic looking specimen. Okay, but at the same time, he's. Like he's he's not been a very good football coach, and now he's doing this whole thing where he's like, kind of like talking down to the media about how dumb they are, and right. it's like, I mean, listen, here's the thing: you so know something I don't know. Out, you know something I don't know. That's what he said. Yeah. This week. Yeah, probably so. Probably so, coach. It seems like I know a lot of things you don't know. How to recruit, maybe for one. How to how to get along well with these players. So so Brian Harson, like they announced like today, and they didn't want to. I, I got a text from my buddy saying T.J. Finley's out. It is not going to be announced because they don't want Missouri to know. A couple hours later, you get a message from – you get a, a tweet uh, circulating all, all over Twitter from some Auburn beat reports. TJ Finley's out. It's like, cool. 
So so now Robbie Ashford, it's going to be his time to shine at the at the quarterback position. I don't know if Zach Calzada slept with one of the hard Kardashians, as I, I saw in a tweet, which was just an incredible tweet. Um, but, but I just, like, you got to wonder how he's not getting a shot. I think I think Robbie Ashford is the only quarterback on that roster that's capable of of eluding and evading the rush and also not injured. Yeah, it, it is correct. I mean, like, Zach Calzada is in the witness protection program. With all this bad quarterback play, he's nowhere to be found. Uh, by the way, Auburn leads the get real fun down there too. Auburn leads the all-time series in this matchup with Mizzou, two to one. So uh, Mizzou can even up that all-time <laughs> that all-time series with Auburn. All right, uh, we're going to grab a quick break. When we come back, we will get into f- previewing the other two big games in the SEC this weekend, as well as uh, some quick thoughts on the 2023. SEC schedule. More with Chris Marler in just a second. I want to thank you guys again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Remind you guys that BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football needs and sports information throughout the season. We're talking some of these games. We're talking the betting lines that are already up at BetOnline. So if you head on over there, you will see those odds for all the games happening uh, this weekend. They're going to have a good bit of the big The big games are all there. Some of these lesser matchups with those big crooked point spreads, those might not necessarily be available. But head on over to BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way for you to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including uh, college football, the NFL. They've got you covered on everything. Head on over to their website today. You can do so on your mobile device. I always tell you, bookmark it on your phone. It should be the first place you go to, particularly Saturday mornings when you're looking to get in on the action, looking to get the latest information on all the lines and everything. BetOnline is the place to go. They are BetOnline, and it is where the game starts. Our final segment with our buddy Chris Marler from the College Football Uncensored Podcast joins us every week around this time. Marler, two big ones to get into in the SEC this weekend. We'll start with the CBS Game of the Week. It is number 20 Florida at number 11 Tennessee. Vols are over a 10-point favorite. They're around 10.5 points on that line right now. Um, but look, this is a rivalry game. This is one that Florida has right. dominated a lot in recent years. And I have two friends, one who's a diehard Florida fan, one who's a diehard uh, Tennessee fan, and neither of them feel confident about this game. The, the, the Florida fan, obviously you get why he doesn't feel confident because Anthony Richardson right. has looked terrible. The Tennessee fans, there's a big contingent of them who are just like, they always have their number. Richardson's going to have his best game of the year. We're talking all bad about I, I don't know if it's defeatist syndrome or what, but both, it is. You know, there's a lot of Vol fans who are not confident about this game. Yeah, so, and that's hilarious to me because they're going to beat Florida. They're going to beat them like a drum. And, and, and like, Listen, you were talking about the line earlier. It's not necessarily who I, I um, placed these bets with last week, but I, I will in the future, especially because I'm a big fan and supporter of the show. Um, but your boy, your boy went 14 and two last week. Wow! In his, in his bets, and if I if I tell you what I would be betting on this, Tennessee to score first, Tennessee to win the first quarter and first half, whatever those numbers are, I haven't I haven't even looked at them yet. But when you look at like the Tennessee team, that that like their whole mo is to jump on people early, and especially with Florida. If you're Tennessee, this does not need to be a situation where you're you're neck and neck in the fourth quarter. It, it, it can't because I remember saying this last year when Bama was playing Georgia because Bama should have been about two touchdown underdog to them in, in Atlanta, and I was like, you have to put them in a situation that they haven't been in before. Yet they also have been in several times, and that is, you know, get a lead on them at halftime, and then and then you know start getting in that psyche because Tennessee is a beaten dog. 
and they have they have lost like 16 in the past 17 or something like that to Florida. They should win this game handedly. Like like handily or handedly? I don't handily. <laughs> Hypoly. <laughs> Happily, hypoly. What the fuck ever? Excuse my language. Convincingly. But so they should win this game easily, and they should definitely, they should definitely win this game um, going away. When you talk about how, sorry about the bleep button. That's my bad. Um, we, so when you talk about like going, like what we saw last week against a South Florida team, it's that bad. Like I mean, you're, you put the picture up here. Like how does this happen? Florida almost lost to a quarterback named Jerry Bohannon, and Jerry Bohannon hasn't won anything except for yard of the month in <laughs> in Parkside Manor for the past 15 effing years. Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> no, it's, it, it, again, like, it, it feels like this is one. Look, is Tennessee back? That's what people were asking last year. This is the Tennessee is back game. This is, you are absolutely, yeah. you're a top 20 team. Go act like it. Take out your frustrations yeah. in a rivalry game. On, your, on the team that is in a transition period. We all think Billy Napier is going to be good eventually, right. but go take care of business. Yeah, agreed. Uh, by the way, Florida leads the all-time series 31-20. to 20, So, uh, per, you know, they wow. have dominated this series. Uh, the other big one of the weekend is number 10 Arkansas versus number 23 Texas A&M in Dallas. A&M is a two-point favorite, Marler. Like, have we have we talked about this game a week ago at this time? We would have been like, oh, Arkansas is going to steamroll. A&M's got no quarterback play. They look like crap. Suddenly, A&M beats Miami. Arkansas struggles with Missouri State. Suddenly, A&M's a favorite? What am I missing? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What's the over-under? Uh, it's probably a well. I, I would say a lot, but A and M's offense hasn't been very good. No, it, it's, if it's over forty five, I would I would be shocked. Um, or fifty even, it, like or yeah, like God, this is tough, man. I, I'm so here's the thing: Arkansas by all means should win this game. They've lost like six the past seven. They had, like the, the game last year against them was the first time they had won, and that was mainly because KJ Jefferson hit two broken plays, trailing Burks. Um, I just I just have a feeling. That this AM team is better than we think. I, I still think that that Arkansas is a good team, but you're talking about you're kind of feeding into like what the strength of that AM team is, and that's their defense. I mean, like now, granted, their past defense is, I think, the strength of that team. Um, I mean, that that defense, I mean, you saw it last week with Van, Van Dyke. I mean, they gave up, I'm trying to think, like he he had like 21 attempts and or he's like 21 of 40 for like 217 yards i mean that is like the yards per attempt they were they were leading they were third in the country at giving up uh less than four yards per attempt which is crazy um i don't see arkansas taking the ball out of rockets hands and and or his legs and uh kj jefferson as well I, like run the football you don't have to keep that a and offense on the off the field maybe you want to actually put them on the field with how bad they've been but yeah i mean I, I mean, who are you going to take? I don't know. I'm so confused by this line. I think Arkansas was caught in a look-ahead spot. They were looking ahead to this game okay. and figured, ah, oh, Bobby Petrino, Missouri State, we don't have to put forth right. an effort. There is some talk maybe Miles Slusher will be back in the secondary, so that will help there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, A&M, you got to prove it to me. This is a prove-it game for A&M. Dude, are you, yeah. are you the team that lost to App State, or are you the team that beat Miami and, hey, we're a legit team and – hey, we're trying to still compete for the SEC West. Because that's the other thing, too, is we overreact so much. If A&M wins 
a lot of these games down the road, they're still going to play for something. Like, everything they want is still ahead of them. Now, I don't know if they'll win in yeah. Tuscaloosa in a few weeks unless they dramatically change how they look. No. But, you know what I mean? Like, everything's still ahead of them, so that could change. Um, who, who'd you pick? Who's your, who's your pick? I'm taking Arkansas. I, I'm going to take A&M because Vegas must know something. Yeah. And Jimbo's going to bounce back, and everybody's going to be like, oh, there's Jimbo and A&M. Right. All right, Marler, before we get out of here, the SEC released their 2023 schedule. I just wanted to run through some, some takeaways. One, it's stupid that we're here in the middle of getting ready for week four. Yeah. And now we're like, oh, and hey, here's the whole schedule for next year. And SEC Network's like running through every game. And I'm like, we should be talking about the games this week. What are we doing looking ahead? But a few notes here. I just want to run through a couple of teams. Alabama. What stood out to me of their schedule. Texas comes to Tuscaloosa week two, obviously the return trip. And Bama has to go right. to November, to Kentucky in November. Those are two very interesting games for Bama. Yeah. Um, no, the Kentucky thing is difficult, I think, in, in some – like, difficult because you don't have a layup before you play Auburn, and you're not really used to that. So that, that'll be interesting to see what that looks like, see where that program is at that point, because Will Levis will definitely be gone. So Bryce Young, though, at the same time. So where does are they both playing for something at that point of the season? Because you would assume Kentucky probably isn't, but does it mean that they won't be playing with a chip on their shoulder against Bama, especially at home at Kroger Field? Nobody goes into Kroger Field without with like with shoes on, is what I've, I mean. Maybe that's just actual Kroger. I don't know, but um, either way, we'll see how it goes. That's why they call it K. Roger Field. Uh, Arkansas right. they host uh, BYU in a non conference, a return trip for them. They go to LSU in September, September twenty third. That. that is. The biggest travesty of the entire effing thing, besides the Georgia thing, and we'll get to in a second, is that is I don't I, I don't care how old this makes me sound or how stupid or whatever, but like that game was made for one thing and one thing only, and that was tryptophan tryptophan naps and and turkey Thanksgiving effing leftovers. And this is bullcrap. They're playing the same in, in September. Like at the very least. You need to have a coach in long sleeves. Like, that is absurd. Yeah, that's what I always think of. I think of LSU Arkansas when it's cold. It's going to be damn hot yeah. when they play a game. Uh, other thing with Arkansas, they finished with three straight home games to finish the year: Auburn, FIU, mm -hmm. and Mizzou. So if, if Arkansas yeah. is looking good next year, that's a pretty easy stretch of one, two, yeah. three wins. Uh, one note on Auburn's schedule: I saw they go to Cal week two. That's a weird trip. Uh, going to be weird to see uh, new Auburn coach Deion Sanders coaching that game. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you wonder how Nebraska head coach Brian Harson will be doing uh, in that second week when they go out to Cal. Cal's actually like fared pretty well when they've played SEC teams. I will tell you, that is a sleepy, sleepy stadium. I went there a year ago with someone that I'll never go there again with, and I remember going into that stadium, and they were doing like – like it, it's just a bowl. It's just a bowl, and it's the most bizarre situation because it's like it kind of pops up out of nowhere, and you get there – and on one side, you have like a bunch of these, like, you know, I don't know if they're redwoods or evergreens or what the hell ever kind of trees they are, coniferous things I can't spell. And they're they're in one end of the end zone. And then you look at the other end zone and you see the Golden Gate Bridge just like, you know, out in the distance. It's, just, it's a crazy setup. It's a very, very nice campus. A few other quick ones. Florida, they go to Utah in week one. So that's the return trip there. They go at like, LSU in November. So how LSU's getting yeah. Arkansas early, they're getting Florida late in the year. That game might, maybe it means something next year. We'll see in November. Yeah. Uh, we got to talk about Georgia. Not only is their schedule just totally weak because they lost Oklahoma, replaced them with Ball State, but the home slate sucks. Here's Georgia's home slate next year. UT Martin, Ball State, South Carolina, UAB, Kentucky, Mizzou, Ole Miss. Georgia's going undefeated this year and probably next year too. The Ole Miss thing I get, and I and I fully understand. Like this is, I've, I've of course popped off on the mouth of this on Twitter 
like I always do. And then, and then I was just, I was so enlightened from Georgia fans right away because they are, I mean, as, as cavalier as they are with their arrogance, they are just as knowledgeable about everything football related. I always cease to, to, to forget that for some reason, but they inform me, um, you know, this schedule was made in 2012 and that's why, that's why for the, for the 12th consecutive year, Georgia will not play Texas A&M. And that's because the SEC had the foresight 12 years ago to make a schedule where only one team in the entire damn conference wasn't going to go to A&M, and that was Georgia. Here's the deal. Like, Georgia is the best team in the country right now and the best program in the country, and that's fine to say. And like they, It doesn't mean that they would lose to A&M, and I understand A&M lost a week ago. Why are you if – if you're in the business of selling a product – why are we denying everyone a good product? Like, it, you saw what happened last year when Bama went to Kyle Field. I'm not saying that Georgia's at all. Georgia probably goes in there and beats them by 21. But why are we being denied that 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 event? You've, you've played them once, and you played them at home in 2019. And, and you're talking about a Florida team is going to go play there for the third time. It's just it's such a weird, just, like, disparity between in competition. I just I don't get it. Yeah, Georgia, play somebody. Hey, when, when Oklahoma and Texas get to the conference, you're going to play them every year. We're just going to make that permanent. Uh, yeah. A couple quick hitters. LSU, they were through the return trip of Florida State in Orlando. My friend's already texted me. Disney trip? No. Uh, early The early Arkansas <laughs> game, the late Florida game, that's odd. Uh, Ole Miss, they're at Georgia November 11th. We've already talked about that. That's the third to last game of the season, so that could derail Ole Miss' yeah. season if it's going well. But at Tulane week two, Lane Kiffin needs to avoid getting into trouble that week. In New Orleans, Lane Kiffin. Oh, it's at New two. Orleans. Yes. Ooh. I like that. That's I an like interesting that. I, didn't I didn't even pick up on that. Uh, Mississippi State, week two, they do the return trip with Arizona. Mizzou, week three, they do the return trip with Kansas State. Uh, South Carolina opens with North Carolina and Charlotte. That's a fun one, but this stood out to me. South Carolina, four straight home games to finish the season. Jacksonville State, who they should beat. Vandy, who they should beat. Kentucky will be tough. And then, of course, Clemson to finish is is tough. But at least you get the last four at home. Yeah, and you also get a a UNC team that has been struggling mightily this year. I wish that they had that that schedule in year two with Beamer rather than year three. But it's not like I don't think think Spencer Rattler's going anywhere, so – yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm leaving, Coach. Really, where are you going? Because you've already transferred and the draft's not ready for you. So, uh, yeah, yeah, he may be back. Uh, a few more for you. Tennessee, they open with Virginia in Nashville. That's an interesting one. And then mm-hmm. in in October, they host A&M. Then they're at Bama and at Kentucky. That is a brutal stretch for Josh Heupel's crew next year. That is a brutal stretch. I love the A&M-Tennessee matchup, though. Those are two fan bases that will not get along necessarily in that stadium, but that's a fun, that's a fun game between two, two like tradition rich programs for sure. Uh, a few more. We, we just talked about A&M. They get the return trip at Miami in week two. So that's going to be tough for, yes, for yes. Jimbo and company. And then lastly, the one that highlighted the schedule. In fact, it was the first game I saw when the schedule came out. Vandy week one gets the return home game against Hawaii in week zero, Marler week zero. This is going to be, you laugh now, but come week zero next year, you're going to be so amped up for this freaking game because it's week zero and college football is back. You're going to be like, I'm all in on Vandy against Hawaii this time. You know why I'm going to be amped up about it? Because it's not going to be a, a damn 1030 start time like the one this year was. Right. Well, it was kind of cool playing it late at night. But Yeah. All right. No, that, it'll be fun. It'll be fun for sure. That is going to do it for this edition of Locked On SEC. Uh, Marler, uh, let everybody know where they can find you. Yeah, um, I appreciate it. Uh, as always, I, it's my, one of my favorite parts of the week. So, um, Vern Funquist on 
on Twitter, on Instagram, all that good stuff. Uh, Saturday Down South, um, I still do, do, I mean, I still work for SDS, obviously, but it's um, specifically the College Football Uncensored podcast. Follow CFB underscore uncensored on Twitter and as well on Instagram as well. Some good stuff there. Uh, we have a game day hotline, which is always a lot of fun. We get some crazies and some drunks and some some fun phone calls out on game days and, and try to you know be their therapist for about uh, two or three minutes or so. So, yeah, you'll make sure you go check that out. He is Chris Marler. We'll talk to him again next week when he'll be a nervous wreck where Alabama will be preparing for an undefeated Arkansas team. So that'll be fun. Be awful. <laughs> Marler, we'll do it again next week, man. Thanks for the time. All right. Thanks, dude. All right. That's Chris Marler of uh, College Football Uncensored. This has been Locked on SEC. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen. Check out some of our other great podcasts on the Locked on Podcast Network covering your team every day. We got you covered with Locked on Rebels, Locked on Florida, Locked on uh, Bama. Whoever it is that you're looking for, chances are we got you covered with your favorite SEC team. I'm Chris Gordy. Y'all have a great day out there. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow right here on Locked on SEC.